How do you how do you feel? I'm so glad we're done with these movies. <laughs> It's Wednesday night. Oh, it's Thursday night, and we are at Rachel's apartment, and Rachel's uh, parenting her fur baby over there, which must mean that it's Starformers night, except for we didn't watch anything Star Wars or Transformers tonight, and it's not Wednesday, but whatever. We actually watched today's subject. We're going to have so much of this throughout the night. I'm so sorry. She keeps trying to eat her um, medicine that is not to be eaten. Welcome to Rebels and Robots episode 31. We are off to a smashing start. I'm Cameron. I'm Rachel. And this is our weekly chat about Star Wars and... Transformers. Uh, Today, as I was about to say a moment ago, we did not watch anything Star Wars or Transformers tonight, but we did watch today's subject a couple days ago. That will be the final film in the quintology of michael bay's transformers films what is that what is that look quintessa in the quintology oh Oh! it's almost as if they tried to plan something that didn't pan out anyways um we will be talking about that film here in a moment finishing up hot bot summer um something that Mm. i wish i had come up with at the beginning of the summer, so we could have been mm. saying it all summer. But man, then we would have run I'm into glad, the ground. I'm glad we didn't say it all summer. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, and it's it concluding very nicely. The timing is incredible, because next week is the first episode, two episodes of Ahsoka? I think so. They normally release I more than one like episode. it's like an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, baby! Let's, let's go! go. <laughs> and I could be wrong, because actually, I don't think I'm wrong. I have the, uh, no, I don't have the run times, but I have the directors for each episode. Yes, I saw that earlier today. I'm excited to uh, to get to that. Actually, that that's news. So let's uh, let's transition right into news. Well, I actually, have quite a bit of news. Um, uh, so apparently, Rise of the Beasts is the highest grossing movie of all time in Peru. <laughs> that that sentence took quite a journey because I was like, highest grossing, not correct of all time, still not correct in Peru. I have no way to refute that. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> um but is there any explanation for why that might be <laughs> uh so this was a couple days ago so i guess that's probably different now um rise of the beast in peru to date is fifty two million six hundred and twenty thousand and sixty million souls surpassing avengers endgame in peru um collection in peru contributed three percent of the total world income and places the number four country in the world for this paramount pictures title oh that now that's the interesting statistic um Wild. it also had the following milestone like the film um first time that an international film decentralizes its premiere and looks to at the provinces before the capital cusco uh terapoto and machu picchu were the first cities <laughs> i didn't read this before i just took a screenshot <laughs> Mm, Cusco, Terrapoto, and Machu Picchu were the first cities to vibrate and share their excitement. E- <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't read that before. Um, anyways, <laughs> I really didn't. I saw the first one, so this is just like other. This is things. like the epitome of our lack of preparation. Um, first time a film, international or national, had a payment to the land of the uh, Yakta of Machu Picchu. Mm-hmm, payment to the mm-hmm. Earth officiated in the classic style with the Inca and his entourage. Oh. 
The movie takes place in Peru. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're I like totally the first forgot. film that's ever been allowed to film at Machu Picchu. Yeah, but I forgot that that was in Peru. That, that, yeah. Um, so that's why. They probably had a really successful marketing mm-hmm. push yes, there. It was shot there. Okay, there's probably a, like a local celebrity somewhere mm-hmm. in the movie. I don't know that for a matter of fact. But, and so... Uh, um, Peruvian celebrity in Transformers. Let's take a look, see what comes up. Well... Well, funny enough, the young lady that's in Transformers 5 is Peruvian. Oh. Uh, but that does not help um, <laughs> with what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, we also get first time in international production and global franchise highlights um, and exalts of Peruvian provincial landscapes. The first time in international production portrayed the nobility of the Peruvian people in the figure of Amaru. Um, a yeah. settler in whom Optimus Primal delivers his greatest treasure, the um, the gift of friendship. <laughs> no, whatever the heck they were looking for, I don't even remember. It's been so long. The first time we saw and heard Wheeljack, um, who is listed as, as the Peruvian Autobot, speaking in Peruvian, um, which is interesting because that um, adds a adds another layer. To Noah trying to speak Spanish. Mm. Oh, that's when why Real he Jack speaks understand Peruvian. It. Yeah, that, that is kind of funny. Um, first time that a photographic artist like Morphe uh, Jimenez, if I pronounce this wrong, I'm sorry, I'm American, <laughs> <laughs> participates behind the scenes of an international production, portrays his Peruvian vision of each robot. First time the film receives that a film receives the rank of ambassador of Machu Picchu. And international mega production filmed in Peruvian territory with the accompaniment of film in Peru, a promotional strategy for uh, Pompeu film locations. So, super cool um, aspect. I think, uh, I know they had, uh, the whole production team had to, had to have taken a lot of great care into um, all the landscape. Because I think, yeah, Rise of the Beast is the first film that's like ever been allowed to film on site at machu picchu yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, we covered that back um a few months back so that they just that couldn't, makes sense they couldn't touch they couldn't stand on the rocks which makes sense um so i have a correction from a few weeks ago uh? um so this was brought up in a discussion a text discussion with uh Man, there's been an ongoing controversy about who our number one fan is, mostly because Caleb doesn't like not being considered our number one fan. Uh, we love all of three of our fans. <laughs> um, and if you listen and you're not in this three, please, uh, dude, make a campaign for yourself. Tell please. us you listen to our podcast. Yeah. Um, and Megan is definitely among those three, and I think she might solidify herself as number one uh, with something I'm going to share later. But uh, she was texting us about a discussion we had on the pod, which was the scientific accuracy of calling Transformers 3 Dark of the Moon. Uh, because we observed that the dark side of the moon in that film was not very dark. Well, I did Wikipedia search, I did Google search it on the Wikipedia. Uh, the far side of the moon is sometimes called the dark side of the moon, regardless of the shadow. It is technically an accurate description. So, um, that is the, now I have a meme that still addresses this later. And, uh, 
makes fun of the writers of of Transformers, but I still think it's it's they still think they've earned it nonetheless because there's a lot of other massive uh, oversights and in, inaccuracy of of these films. But uh, they were they were not really out of uh, out of line by calling the where they were on the moon the dark side of the moon, even though now. The question is, now that I think about it, in Transformers 5, there is a, a fun little piece of trivia where the moon's getting destroyed. Not trivia. Uh, continuity, where the moon's getting destroyed, and you see the the Autobot ship right next to the, where the like American flag is. Mm-hmm. That's not on the dark side of the moon. I, I really did... Um, did uh, I don't remember if we see them placing the flag, but when they land, they did not have to walk very far to see the ship. I guess what I'm saying is, if... Is that location on the dark side of the moon? On the far, whatever you want to call it, oh, far side, dark question. side. I would be very surprised because you can see the Earth from where they originally landed. Um, we're getting really too deep into something that's from two episodes ago, but um, I thought that was interesting. So, like, correction on us, but I still, it was still a funny conversation nonetheless. <laughs> Uh, what I still else think it's got? dumb to call it the dark side <laughs> of the moon. Or, you so know. now we're not going after Transformers writers. We're just going after scientists. I still now. Think, no, I just still think it's dumb. Uh, call it the far side. What else you got? Um, Paramount Pictures. Oh, I actually cropped out the caption. Oh, no. That's really funny. Paramount Pictures and Transformers official posted one, posted one of those things. It's like a word find. And the first two bots you see are supposed to be in your team. So I'm curious to see. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, so mine were uh, Optimus Primal and Battle Trap. So I'm curious which first two you see. Okay. <laughs> I see Optimus Primal. Are you setting me up for a joke? I see Ape Link. No, I'm be- yeah. So that, that's your; those are your two friends. That's it. Oh, that's your the team. first two that you yeah, just the first read team you that naturally. you like see with your eyes. Oh, that's funny. What do you point? Oh, she's munching over there. Yeah, I can hear her pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she's probably gonna be on the background. The name, audio. the number of times we've said the name word Ape Link on this podcast <laughs> for a character that has very little screen time in the entirety of the Transformers canon. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> um. I want to. My other thing, I'll save for the conclusion of this segment, so you can just you can keep oh, going. Gosh. Okay, so unfortunately, I have Revenge of the Fallen content. Literally, this says "Ugh." I literally captures <laughs> "Ugh." Revenge of the Fallen content, <laughs> and this is from Twitter. I don't care if it's called X. We're still calling it Twitter. Anyways, this is an interview with Michael Bay and someone else. I don't know who it is. But so I, I I just want you to I just want you to listen. So this is about thirty seconds. I just want you to listen to this. Simmons is under the. He says I'm under the robot scrotum. Yeah. I want to do a shot where he looks up. <laughs> and he's trying to know where we are, and I want to. Oh my! Those balls kind of oh hanging my gosh! I can't believe like they had this on video. Oh my! This really shows just his lack of awareness. Oh, good stuff. Anyways, if you didn't listen to our Revenge of the Fallen episode, which I don't blame you, uh, and you haven't yeah, seen Revenge of the like Fallen, sounds like you're living life. Which I also don't blame you if you haven't seen the movie. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! There's two times Rachel has yelled that on this podcast. Right now, in the time I did my Alex Jones impression. <laughs> 
Uh, if you if you haven't seen Revenge of the Sith, oh shoot, you Revenge should. Revenge of the Revenge of the, the Fall. I said, oh, guess <laughs> Athena, write that time code down. This episode is already off the rails, and we haven't even started talking about the movie. Uh, Athena, thirteen thirty-five into the recording. Uh, if you haven't seen Re- Revenge of the Fallen, there's a part in it where the giant co- combiner, <laughs> Devastator, right, is climbing over one of our heroes, <laughs> and I'm not going to. I don't know why I need to describe this. Just say, so you can I, explain what we were just talking about. Unfortunately, if you've seen Revenge of the Fallen, the, the this transformer has is made up of construction vehicles, and it includes two wrecking balls. And these wrecking balls then form to appear to recreate some male. Uh, anatomy and a character comments on it and that was what that video was about the uh michael bay describing that moment to what i would assume is like an animator or a a concept artist (laughs) it's gonna get some laughs uh uh uh-huh 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 uh what else you got rachel um they released a list of the ahsoka episode directors all right, go for it. Uh, episode one, Dave Filoni. What? <laughs> oh my god! No way. <laughs> uh, uh, episodes two and three, Steph Green, who worked on Boba Fett. And if I am correct, I believe the first two episodes of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I think I looked this up earlier, and now I'm totally blanking. Um. Uh oh, that didn't work. So, the first result on Google is a website called Daps Magic. Oh. I don't know what that means. And I don't think I want to know. So, Steph Green worked on... I think everyone on this list has worked on Star Wars at some point. At least almost everyone. So, Steph Green has is an American... Uh, not American. As a, is a television director who worked on TV shows such as The Americans and Watchmen and also an episode of Book of Boba Fett. Um, uh, I was trying to figure out, like, the, ep- the episodes, but I can't. Uh, yeah. I, I am. It is season one, episode two, Tribes of Tatooine oh, of Book of Boba Fett. That's a good one. Um, uh, so those, uh, uh, Steph Green's doing episodes two and three. Episode four is Peter Ramsey, who is credited on Spider-Verse. Yeah, as well as Rise of the Guardians and i forgot that film existed (laughs) i've never seen it yeah a lot of people have not also one episode of the mandalorian um from earlier this year he directed the episode uh episode five the pirate oh okay which as i recall you thought might be about uh hondo i think it was gonna be about hondo sad um episode five dave filoni what (laughs) um Episode six, Jennifer Getzinger, who has worked on Daredevil. Oh, cool. I've oh. never seen Daredevil, so. Great show. Highly recommend. Uh, she also worked on episodes of Mad Men and Westworld. Mm. Episode seven, uh, Gita Patel, House of the Dragon. Nice. Um, and then episode eight, our boy, Rick uh, Fa- uh, Famuyiba. Yeah, who's done episodes it's of, so like, almost every show, I think. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe not Andor. 
Um, I think so. I think, I think Gita right. Patel is the first, is the only person on this list who's not worked with Star Wars before. I actually really But excited. she has worked with Disney Marvel working on an episode of The Runaways back in 2019. Mm. So, yeah, eight episodes. Let's go. Exciting times. Ah, going to be good to get back to our roots. This podcast has gotten too, we've leaned way too far into the the robots part of rebels and robots finally. we gotta go back to the rebels part so, <laughs> really we're really finally going to the good part. content <laughs> um i got one last one because you're waiting for go one last for it so i don't know this isn't news but it's not meme minute okay <laughs> but i found this and someone said is anyone going to talk about how the bad batch's ship is basically their mojo dojo casa mojo dojo casa house nice that's it. That's that's pretty much it. But anyways. <laughs> Very fun. Okay, so uh Megan visited. Wait, us. I might have two. I'm so sorry. Oh, go for it. Oh. <laughs> um this isn't news and we don't have to watch all one and a half minutes of this. Um, but someone made an edit to honestly one of my favorite meme formats is uh for context, this scene is from the Incredibles when Mr. Incredibles finds out um when he sneaks into like uh Syndrome's office and uh-huh, finds out uh-huh. all the supers are dead and it's one of my favorite things yes. when they edit things to it. Agreed. Someone edited it to Hasbro's Transformers Studio series and okay. all of the figures that were like uh teased and then canceled. Okay. <laughs> it's just so funny. Anyways, I'll, I'll probably like share it on our like on social media but it's so funny give it a give it a look so are you you're not gonna play yeah. it at all oh you want me to no i don't want you to <laughs> <laughs> it's, too, okay. it's, too visual, it's too visual if you were going to i was not gonna tell you not to but uh if you weren't playing on okay well now i'm going to no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay so megan visited us last week and she shared with me our first ever bit of fan like art it's not it's not like visual like she didn't draw anything but she made something. Oh. And it's a video that she entitled uh 1 1 minute and 23 seconds of Cameron and Rachel not saying nonetheless. Or ne- <sighs> not saying nevertheless. Nonetheless. 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 But nonetheless. Nonetheless. But nonetheless. Um but nonetheless. Nonetheless. But nonetheless. Um but nonetheless nonetheless um but nonetheless um so nonetheless um, um nonetheless um nonetheless so this goes on for um, uh, a minute 23 but, and it's mostly me <laughs> but you're in there a bit too uh, oh my gosh and a minute 23 doesn't uh, seem like very long that's a lot until you consider the fact that it's one word <laughs> and, and here's how she, her, the ending is hilarious so i'm gonna skip ahead that's only been 40 seconds so far nonetheless um but nonetheless it is still a very good joke nonetheless so thank you megan for that so good i lost it this made me so happy when she showed that to me that was a lot of work that she put in that's only the first 30 episodes no, it's first 29 episodes. Oh, yeah. And then uh, she informed me after listening to episode 30 that I got through almost the entire podcast without saying it. Neither oh, of us said man. it. And then I said it in the last couple minutes of last <laughs> week's episode. <laughs> See, now we're going to be like hypersensitive uh-huh, to it. Uh-huh. Also, big props to Megan for <laughs> keeping an eye out in Walmarts that she, that she <laughs> visits um, for the Black Series figures. And now my mom does it, too. <laughs> 
So I just get pictures of Black Series figures sometimes captioned with, do you want this? And a quick, st- quick stack. I think she th- said there was only four episodes of 29 episodes that we did not say, nonetheless. And uh, I think our, I think she may have said the, the record was like eight in one episode. <laughs> ah! I'm knocking things over. Rachel's throwing stuff at her cat. Okay, um, you ready to to move on to today's subject? Wait, actually, you know what? I think there's something from a previous... Uh, if we're trying to talk about Megan, I think there's a previous text from her that I forgot to uh, share on the pod. Or maybe it was... <laughs> uh, maybe not. What was last week? Last week was 30. Okay, maybe not. Um, so, episode 31. Oh, I, something from last week. Uh, Caleb made a, a mention of the... We were talking about the score for Transformers 4 and how there was a, a, a very limited EP yeah. version that only had four tracks and then there was like a over two-hour version. Yeah. That was the full score. And uh, Caleb said... I would like to have someone lay that over the film and see if it lines up or not. Mm-hmm. And he said, Megan, that's not a challenge. Well, she texted us and said that she wants to do it now, which I thought was really funny. Um, the downside I- is that you have to watch Age of Extinction in order to do that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, is it? Is it worth... You have to ask, Megan, is it worth the risk? <laughs> um, so, this week's... Uh, subject, we are concluding the Quintology, quint- Quintilogy, Quintology, if that's even a word. Quintessology. The Michael Bay keeps saying he's gonna not make another Transformers and then does Saga, where he finally stopped at five. Um, I think he was stopped. I think he, wa- he, he was, was stopped. stopped. <laughs> I don't think he yeah. stopped. I think Paramount went, that's enough, Michael. To give some context uh, for this, what I think is pretty important. For one thing... Um, this is coming out in 2017. Um, this is like now we are in peak Marvel craze. Like things are crazy. <laughs> We're and this is also the year that that's also this. This is also the stretch where you're starting to see people are finally getting around to trying to copy the Marvel Cinematic this is Universe. Also, the year the Last Jedi came out. Yes. First context of where it was relation to Star Wars. Um, Ooh, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> People are so like pretty much 2012 uh, Avengers comes out and now like five years is like the time it took for people to start creating their own cinematic universes mm. and you it, it hits Transformers really hard in this movie. You see them starting to lay the groundwork for this kind of stuff with the last one and by the time they get to this one I remember reading at the time they established a writer's room for Transformers cinematic They got writers universe. for these films? Yeah, uh-huh. Wow. They this movie was meant to be the launching point uh, for a larger universe. And you can tell this movie is full of, was effectively, I feel, like proof of concept sequences for Transformers spinoffs. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, And while it's more focused generally than some of the previous ones. The previous ones have a lot of storylines, 
but this one has a lot of one-off scenes. Its main story is is relatively focused. It's really like about Kate. Like I think more than almost any of the previous four, this one is about like two human characters for the vast majority of it. Um, Transformers being too much about humans again. <laughs> what else is new? As opposed, to, like there really is just like for the there is really just two storylines going on at one time. There's the heroes, and there is uh, Linux. Um, and it, it'll cut back to Optimus Prime off doing his thing every what once in a while. He's my hero. <laughs> there goes my oh, hero. Um, but mm, right, copyright for that. But in in place of having five different concurrent running storylines like the previous four, this one has a bunch of like detours that contribute nothing to the overall movie and are clearly just meant to be okay we could maybe make this a transformers movie you want you guys maybe you like you like this you like well we'll get to it i have a list of the things this movie directly rips off whereas like a lot of transformers films are broadly ripping off uh just different cliches and tropes in films this one is directly stealing from other major hollywood films mm-hmm. um and for, again for context we're talking about why this is the last one um, whereas the other ones were massively successful, and they were increasingly so. The last one was, if it was not more the most successful, it was like neck and neck with number three, for making over a billion dollars. Crazy. Um, this one made somewhere in the ballpark of six hundred million, Ooh. and cost between like two fifteen and two sixty million, which means after marketing, it barely made yeah. made a profit. Like this is this is not a success at all. If at, if at all, not a success. Um, I remember reading that Bumblebee actually was more profitable for them, even though it, it made significantly less. <laughs> Good. Um, and additionally, again, Michael Bay said he was not coming back. And then in early January 2016, he announced that he would return, which is, own, which is less than Somehow, a year and a half. Michael Bay returned. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, less than a year and a half before the movie even came out, which is not enough time, which really explains a lot of the shoddiness of this movie. I, what's always, uh, kind of sad about like in the time when a really bad or really confusing movie comes out, you're not going to get the full story for like 30 years. Like in 30 years when everyone's like contract have expired and they're not trying to build uh, connections. I'm so excited for the NDAs. <laughs> exactly. Um, Eventually, someone will come out and spill the tea about why a particular... I mean, it's probably just Michael Bay, but it feels like there's something really terrible going on on the set of this movie because they threw so much money at this film and there are still just, like, amateur mistakes. Like, I'm not even talking about lack of storytelling. I'm talking about CGI missing and shots that just don't look finished and edits that don't make any sense. And it's just... There, there's incompetency on a storytelling level, and there's just straight up, this is not a finished movie, mm-hmm. um, which we start to see more and more these days, unfortunately, as movies, they just think they can rush things out and just throw money at it, but that's not enough. So, we structure these mostly, we have been structuring them around what we like, what we don't like, and this like, what confuses us, or what makes you, as Caleb uh, coined last week, hmm, moments. <laughs> Um, and then I also hmm. have enjoyed uh, listing off out of context quotes as well. So, Rachel, what did you like about Transformers: The Last Night? We got. We oh got... wait, real quick. Uh, do you want to oh. give like a quick story uh, synopsis? Oh, man, so basically, 
in case anyone was curious, they try to bring Cybertron to Earth again. <laughs> How does it start, though? How does the movie start? Um, I was waiting for you to finish filling your water. <laughs> no, go for it. I don't, this is this is a very laid back episode. So crap, how does it start? Oh, so we start in Chicago, which um, was Even before that, right? Doesn't it start in the past? All the King Arthur stuff. Is that? Oh my gosh, thing? you're right. So, if in case you wanted to show up and watch a Transformers movie, you gotta <laughs> wait five minutes through some History Channel documentary. <laughs> About King Arthur and his knights, who was actually real. And for context, she's not saying he was real in our reality, but he's real in yes, this movie's reality. He's real in this movie's reality. And they and their magic or Merlin's magic, who is played by none other yeah, than baby. Stanley Tucci. Woo! In an entirely different role, Merlin's <laughs> magic comes from the technology from a group of Cybertronian knights. He somehow have... got his tooch back in this. <laughs> For somehow, they're on Earth, um, and they transform into a three-headed dragon. So, you know, whatever, magic is, magic is real, whatever, dragons are real. Anyways, back to modern day. We show up in Chicago, which uh, looks like it went through the ringer again. We kind of realized that. it. The movie has plausible deniability in the uh, sense that it doesn't explain this. And maybe, or it does, and I didn't care enough, which I'll still give the movie credit for. <laughs> um, it's possible the destruction in, that we're seeing in Chicago happened between movies. But... A lot of people come to the conclusion, which I don't blame them, that this is still destruction from number three, because mm-hmm. um, it can't be from four. No. That there wasn't really, nothing really happened in Chicago. It all happened above Chicago. They did crash in the streets. one ship into a Bud Light <laughs> truck. <laughs> like, this is what this is, is whatever, I would imagine this is, is it Wrigley Field? Is the Cubs? Yes. In Chicago? Um, is, has some sort of like ship crashed into it. I would assume there's a shot of Wrigley Field in Transformers 4. Uh, as you can see it in the background is maybe and i don't think this even happened in three it is like if they are implying that whatever destruction we're seeing in um chicago is from three it doesn't make any sense no because it was rebuilt but anyways so we see a group of kids so basically the plot line is that a bunch of other transformers have started coming to earth and the government's like well that's no good stop doing that you know they don't like that um we get introduced to like a cast of kids who we'll never see again um, and they kind of sneak into a destroyed part of Chicago to try to find a Transformer. And we are introduced to Isabella and her tiny Transformer companion, Squeaks, who I think is one of the ugliest Transformers, but that's just me. Anyways, I got beef with that guy. Um, <laughs> and so she's been she's been living there for a while. She has a, another Autobot friend, and uh, this is a government-patrolled area. Um, and they're trying to eradicate Transformers. Again, you know, nothing's really changed from the last film. Um, so they kill one of the Transformers that was protecting her. Um, and we think all hope is lost. And then Cade Yeager shows up. He's pretty much been kind of like off-grid uh, since the last film. For the couple years that have passed, he's been basically fighting against the government's destruction of Transformers. You know, the usual. No one knows where Optimus is, FYI. Um, He flew off into the sky and no one knows where he is at this current (laughs) point. Um, 
So, uh, we do get to see a familiar face, one that we actually enjoy. We, Lennox is in this film, working for the government and still, and like almost a part of the team that's hunting down Autobots, but not quite like on the extermination side of things. So, gosh, I don't even know how to summarize this. That's fine. I mean, you just say. Like, Kate, that- Kate is a wanted man and he tries to rescue one of the dying Transformers that landed and he gets handed a medallion. And basically, this is one of the chosen one magic item acquired uh-huh. thing. And so it is now his destiny to team up with the final survivor of the Witwicky clan, which we'll probably get into later, Vivian, a girl from uh, London. I don't know where that yep. was. Yep. Um, uh, and they have to like uh save earth big you know because quintessa the villain of this film is trying to bring cybertron to earth again and earth is also unicron fyi (laughs) there's a lot of antagonists subplots going on quintessa is bad the original 12 knights were against quintessa and she's also basically mind-controlled optimus prime who did find her she's like a fake false Mm -hmm. god or whatever and so having to big there's a big fight and cybertron actually does come to earth uh screws up a good couple chunks of it takes out the moon (laughs) um and then everything is magically resolved um and now the two planets are just together i that's not a good summarization but there's just so much that goes on and so little that happens Uh uh-huh that (laughs) i would tell you to watch it but I wouldn't want that. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And with that said, what do you like about this movie? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, we get to see Ta- Stanley Tucci again. Yeah, that's true. An entirely different role. As drunk Merlin, who's not actually you know, a magician. You know, you know, here's the thing. Maybe he just actually showed up drunk on scent. And that was the only way he was going to be able to get through this. I, um, yeah, that, that checks out, I think. Um, I liked that there was actually a surprising lack of Tom Kenny in this film. (laughs) Though he does return as Wheelie. Unfortunately, but briefly, that's the big important part. (laughs) Very, very briefly. Um, and actually, if there's a scene I actually like in this film, it is... Um, the negotiation scene between Megatron and the government. Okay, so you do like that scene. I don't care for the Suicide Squad, like, (laughs) cut-ins style, like, the Suicide Squad style cut-ins. I think it is really, like, the concept is really funny that Megatron is negotiating with Earth governments to figure out which one of his Decepticons they're willing to release. Mm. And he'll and he actually like because there's one that I think is a berserker he asks for and and they they immediately go no we don't do that and he accepts that <laughs> that's just so funny to me because I think yeah. in the first in any of the previous films that wouldn't have happened sure. just the entire concept of this negotiation and both parties being like yeah that's okay or no that's not okay and accepting it gosh that's just really funny to me 
amusing. But yeah, yeah I'll it, give that to him too. It's just yeah. pure, shigan- pure shenanigans. It's, it's, it's got some fun energy to it. We, we've talked about these, especially the last one, lacking any sense of like, it had bad vibes. These movies have bad vibes. Bad vibes. They're not fun. They're they slog on. They uh, the, oftentimes there's a lot of nothing happening, and that is a scene that actually like the actors are kind of having fun with the dialogue is a little snappier. Yeah. Um. Like actually, now I think about it, something that I have um later on to talk about is how the characters like bicker and fight way too much. Um. This is a scene where that energy makes sense. It's a mm-hmm. negotiation between mortal enemies and that is, energy makes sense for this kind of scene. it is funny because it's megatron and lennox exactly who, yeah, yeah, yeah who have fought in the past so it was just it's funny so um i have um i so you mentioned the king arthur stuff so this that i think that stuff is kind of fun mm-hmm. like it looks pretty decent like if you just were there's, there's some action scenes in there that are pretty competently constructed arthurian legend battle scenes the the costuming and stuff like i, I mean, i'm not paying super close of attention but like you wouldn't expect a series that's taken almost t- taking place almost entirely in the modern day to actually pull off that period piece segment um it's again what i talked about last time is why i kind of liked the um, human made autobots because they had a different transformation to them anytime this movie does the, the series does something even slightly different i appreciate it and it might just be it might just be like not necessarily Stockholm syndrome, but just like I'm, I'm <laughs> desiring something different so strongly <laughs> that um, anything different is is uh, a positive to me. So, like, obviously, I I'm not gonna say I would prefer an Arthurian legend Transformers film, but it it's a nice like reprieve from what this movie series normally is. Um, I think that the uh, the night aesthetic transformers are pretty cool looking like again they're different they're not the jagged edge horrible to look at transformers their faces are covered which i think is a big positive i think there's that point one of them takes their face off and they're super ugly so (laughs) see it's just the the longer these movies go the more like hyper realistic the faces get and it's uncomfortable what else you got well i said all three of the things oh you said all of them okay Um, there's not a whole lot cameron (laughs) Um, Hopkins is a definite MVP for this movie. Oh, he put his yeah, uh, he, and you heard that right, he, Anthony Hopkins, sir. And well, maybe is he Sir Anthony Hopkins? I bet he is. Uh, yes, Sir Philip Anthony Hopkins uh, is is in this movie. This man is considered one of the, if not the best actor of of this the last couple decades. The last famous night. for playing Hannibal Lecter. Um, why? He's like a a secondary character. Like he's secondary because he's not in the first act and he's not super present in the third act, but he is all over the second act. He is he, like the driving he, force of the entire second act. And he he's going for it, man. Like and he's done this in other movies. He did a very similar performance in Red 2. I know that for a fact. This is not uh, I also am reminded of like kind of Stellan Skarsgård's performance in uh, Thor: The Dark World when he kind of oh. goes crazy. Like this <laughs> yeah. is not that far out there for an actor to just go nuts. But again, he's doing something. He's giving a performance, and it, <laughs> and it matches the character. And Anthony Hopkins is just so infinitely likable. No matter what character he's watching, you're, he's always a fun actor to watch. And 
he kind of breaks the movie because like he doesn't really match the rest of the movie yeah um he's talking so fast he's just like he shows up and gives exposition for like 20 minutes straight but is but it, it is kind of fun because it's it's like imagine they just kind of like i won't even say they double down they quadruple down on everything this series has been mm-hmm. up to this point mostly the revisionist history like in every film they take one or two pieces of american or or world history and they add transformers to it this movie goes so what if transformers were part of everything of everything of of like lit and he that's pretty much what he does is he pretty much lays out how the transformers have been around for every part of of world history these like 1800s paintings too they're not even in just like photos someone painted an Autobot in what looks like um, it looks like Optimus Prime in the background of some photo of George Washington speaking to his troops. And if this were I, I say this almost every time I, I, a lot of modern series when a series has been going too long oftentimes the most recent movie in an install, in a series might have been the first, the best one if it were the first one. Mm-hmm. If this if parts of this were in the first Transformers film, if you established, okay, the Transformers have been around forever. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm fine with that. I don't have a, I'm not, like, it's silly, but Transformers are silly. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not fundamentally against that. What doesn't make sense is saying that in the third film where it's just you patently mean, untrue in this canon. Fifth film? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. The fifth film. It just logically makes no sense. Optimus, they, they, they all arrive. It's called Arrival to, to Earth. Earth. One of the, the best great... tracks in the entire franchise. <laughs> it just, it's, there's no indication that the, tra- not even just Transformers in general, these specific characters have not been around. The, the closest thing I found online to trying to explain this is that it's not actually, it's not actually Optimus Prime. It's not actually Bumblebee. Even though they do say there's a, there's another sequence in this movie where they it shows a World War II battle with Bumblebee. They say that's Bumblebee. This, this theory totally just ignores the fact that they say it's Bumblebee and they're just hypothesizing that it's just another Autobot who is like his twin that looks like him. Makes zero sense, but that's the best I could find online. Anthony Hopkins says it was him, though. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. This theory ignores that the movie straight up oh, says yes, that bump that. Yes, it is. It is meant to be Bumblebee. That's another scene in this movie that just... There's just an action sequence that takes place in World War II. Again, it's actually pretty good. I think uh, World War II uh, Army Jeep Bumblebee looks pretty sweet. He reminds me a lot of the Iron Giant, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because then the Bumblebee movie's whole plot is pretty much just Iron Giant. Um, they they somehow make the uh, the period piece aesthetic look good i just why it again another potential spinoff um okay so my final thing <laughs> so those that's the only two things i like legitimately like about this movie mm-hmm. uh, my last one is not a good thing but it was this probably the single m- most joyful moment i've had in our course of watching all five of these movies towards the end of this film it just it's like it's like the beginning of the climax. Like we okay, we are entering the climax. Uh, Megatron is back. The, the Autobots are together again. 
They've been joined by the the knights who have been like in hiding for the last like five fifteen hundred years. They've been sleeping. Yeah, They're, Earth is is about to get destroyed. Like this is like the moment the movie is supposed to like kick in. Like we're we're in the we're in the end game here, and it we're we're in the fields next to Stonehenge. Stonehenge which these things all sound insane out of context. <laughs> and it, someone who's never seen the last night, tell us how we're doing. <laughs> it cuts to a wide shot of this big beautiful green field and all the Transformers lightly jogging, and I lost it. Between the editing, the cinematography, the context, the because like in the foreground you have the humans running at full speed, and then you have actually they're not the humans are also pretty much jogging they're running they're kind of running but the Autobots it doesn't even look like they're trying to run and they're moving slowly it looks like they're trying to match pace with the humans it does and it's again context they can turn into cars. They can turn it all turn into vehicles that can move very quickly. They are giant robots with very long legs. In one step, they can go very quickly. This is the beginning of the climax. And and oh, there's also no sound either. There's no sound effects. So just these characters, it's you could easily like this is this is a cliche joke, but legitimately in this moment, you could easily slot in the um when I'm gonna forget uh Chariots of Fire, the famous running on the beach movie scene. Yeah. That, that, that song itself is very much a cliche, and that joke is way overused. But it, it would fit. It would make sense over this music. Did we watch it two or three times? Oh my I can't gosh. remember I how many times. Three times <laughs> we watched it. Oh, because we watched it, and you died. And uh-huh. we had to watch it a second time, and then... We had to watch it a third time because your wife had gotten up to do something uh-huh. and, you had to, and you went to go back to show her. <laughs> oh, man. So, that's my that's the pinnacle. I mean, like, this movie's bad, but um, that was the peak of the series for me. It's, it's just hilarious, and I loved it. Um, it was an accident, but whatever. So, now that we've got uh, that obligatory part of the way, let's talk about what's bad about this 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 movie, and uh, let's, let's wrap up this oh, series, <laughs> put some some hammers in this coffin. You need some nails. No, we're putting hammers in the coffin so we can sink to the bottom of the oh, ocean okay. and never come back to life. So you bury it at sea like they did Merlin for some reason. <laughs> oh man, I'm not realizing it is incredibly disappointing that they open that case and Stanley Tucci's not like alive in there. <laughs> That would have been so funny. That would like would have fit the character if he'd just been alive the whole time. That would have been brilliant. And then you could have another third act. Like, what's the best part of four? It's Tucci in the third act of four. Bring him back, man. Oh my gosh, what a missed opportunity. Anyways, and Tucci and Hopkins bouncing off each other. Oh my gosh, would have been a phenomenal. No, scene. see, just imagine if it was just uh, Tucci and Hopkins the entire film. It was so good. It would have been too much, though. Like, oh, what do you mean too much, Tooch? Like, <laughs> like they just—they're too high energy. You can't sustain that over an hour and a half. Big stretch over there. You're not paying attention, editor. This is this is gold we're giving you over here. Anyways, uh, <laughs> what did you not like, Rachel? Oh, also, Frank Welker returning as Megatron. Oh, a, yeah, a, that's always a positive. Yeah. Bring it back the original voice. Approve of that. Oh, what did what did I not like? 
<laughs> okay, bad space science. Drives me nuts every time. You just, I just, wah! you can't bring in a planet to another's atmosphere without there be. There are actually some like kind of bad consequences this time, but like, it's like I said in our darker the moon. It's in in our darker the moon tangent. Bringing something really of any size directly into our atmosphere that quick would just rend our planet uh-huh. apart. It just what it destroyed the Cybertron coming into the atmosphere, destroyed the moon. <laughs> there is no moon. <laughs> That's going to be so bad. What I would assume is in whatever next movie they were, Oh, just assuming they would get to make, um, Cybertron would be the new moon. You know, a, I did wonder that. Which I is was kind like, of cool. Guess, but like, it's kind of an interesting, like, the like. I think what the presumption there would be is they'd be able to replicate some, like, in the cartoon, they just, at some point, they're just going back and forth between Cybertron like it's nothing. <laughs> Public transport. Like, it's a huge problem, and then it's not a problem at all. They'd be able to do those sequences if just Cybertron was just right yeah. there. But, um, They probably anyways. would have given Cade, like, a mech suit. Oh. Uh, yeah, probably. Already alluding to it. Yeah, I would not be shocked if some of the things in Rise of the Beasts was concept that was would have been intended for whatever yeah. sixth movie they would have made. Yeah, because they, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's just it just drives me nuts. Um, I don't love what they did to Lennox in this film. I'm glad that they brought him back, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's it's like a like if you look at it, he's a character, you know character that can, can y'all tell i like this character just throwing <laughs> it out there i don't know if it's that obvious um a character who seems to be kind of wrapped up in all the bureaucracy that's going on in the government because he's like it's not is it it's mi6 that is the that it's not cemetery wind anymore it's mi6 which is the government's team that handles transformers now um and so he's like a part of it but it's really confusing because I'm not quite sure um, <laughs> how uh, it's just he's bland. And I mean, I don't think he was like the most fleshed out, but I feel like the first the first movie gave us like a good intro to his character, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just he felt like an accessory to Cade. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think I like I said in the last episode these movies should have been about Lennox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this would have been a really, his conflict in this film is, I think somewhat interesting. He's torn between serving his country and doing his job and protecting what, doing what he, doing what he knows is right. Mm -hmm. And if that had been the plot of the fourth one, then he could have easily slotted into Cade's role in this one, which is off the grid rogue, protecting autobots trying to find them protection that would have it would have made total sense in this one but yes nonetheless yeah oh no oh man (laughs) ruined it um oh man there's just like so much that i don't like um vivian and Cade just have no chemistry at all no chemistry it goes from them them bickering 
to them kissing. And that's, there's no real in between. Um, which brings up a point that I don't like, which is, I mean, it's been prevalent through all these movies, but it re- for some reason it finally struck me in this film, mm-hmm. which is Michael Bay's version of character chemistry is just having all the characters bigger and fight mm-hmm. all the time, no matter what. And it just really finally got to me in this one. And I think because the uh, the main time you see flirting is in the first one. And uh they're not bickering uh michelle uh, who uh michaela michaela thank you michaela and sam are not really bickering they're they're kind of acting like like actual uh awkward teenagers around each other and then then the next two films the next one they're bickering um but uh this there's supposed to be start of a relationship here and yes it's a very common trope that uh you have two characters and they when they meet they don't like each other yeah, that happens all the time. But when everyone is hates each other in this series, mm-hmm. like this doesn't make sense. Like, okay, th- we've never seen this character actually really like anyone. He even like is bickering with his own daughter most of the previous film. Like, there's never a sense that anyone actually likes each other. Mm-hmm. But they're always fighting. It's just so gr- grating and grinding, and I hate it. And another part with Vivian, I think there's a there's a lot of potential for her character. Um. What she was like, she's like, yeah, she had, she's a doctorate. She had a doctor, like multiple masters, and yeah. So she, I mean, okay, let's see. I I think this movie is trying to do better with its with its woman lead, mm-hmm. um, but ah, man, I guess better in this context is not much. But you're she has something to do but it's it's by birth yes so she she's a like a professor a, she, she studied history mm-hmm. she studied the arthurian legend stuff but the only reason she's ultimately useful is because she genetically uh is can linked. activate the staff oh and, and here's a very important part so stanley tucci plays merlin yeah who and this is all real Merlin is the start of the Witwicky family clan. <laughs> which and, was Sam's last name which in was the first Sam's, three movies. Yes, and also the last names of uh, Spike and Sparkplug in the G1 show. That's where it all comes from. Anyways, it's also confirmed in this movie that Sam is dead because Vivian's the it's only... It's not technically confirmed, but it's strongly it's alluded strongly to because, because they say they're... Vivian is the last yeah. of the Witwicky line. Um, and you don't get they to be the last. They say so that yeah. it's like slightly different. Ye old English. Yeah, uh-huh. um, which, speaking of which, there's, the subtitles said that the knight spelt, spoke old Cybertron. Oh, or Cybertronian. And it, and it was, it was O-L-D-E. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but so, it's just, yeah, it's like they tried. But then, for example, your wife had a really good, so we watched this movie together and also with Cameron's wife. Um, and she had a good point because when we get the 20 minutes of exposition from Anthony Hopkins about him, also, he just has like the actual round table of the Knights of King Arthur, like in his side room and all these artifacts. She makes a good point. So um, Vivian, so she's like a professor or whatever, and she's wearing this dress. It's a low cut dress. At some point... Like a couple shots later, it's like they, it's like whoever was doing the costume 
costume just like yanked down the dress even farther and like half of her mm-hmm. bra is out uh-huh. and it's just kind of like well that's weird because it was so much of a difference that that's the like it's only like someone unzipped it purposefully mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's so weird. i guess that's, that's why i was really hesitating this movie say this movie's doing better with its female lead while she, they're giving her I, I don't know if she has agency or not she doesn't have a lot of choice but she does ultimately have to have bravery to go into that final battle and do what she does and she is making choices kind of similar to Michaela in the first film but whereas Michaela feels like she's like kind of there on accident and she's making a choice to like use her skills to be part of it in this movie it kind of like it's this this chosen one element mm-hmm. and it's it's better, I guess, by proximity to other female characters in the series, but this is just, it's, I guess, if it were, if she wasn't sexualized at all, it would just say, well, this movie, the series is just bad at writing characters. It's not a sexist thing. But it is a sexist thing, because she's constantly sexualized. I can't remember if we missed it. We started this, and we get introduced to Vivian, and your wife said, oh, is she to have a moment later where she takes her glasses off, uh-huh. and suddenly she's attractive? Did they have that specific moment? Was it in the submarine? It, I think it. It feels like more. She shows up. Um, in she meets. She's like so. Okay, so Hot Rod kidnaps her, <laughs> who is an Autobot, and she shows up dressed as she oh, kind of normally no is. No similarity. And then to I the think G1. she does. She change clothes in that scene, and she changes into something sexier, and that kind of feels like it's meant to be like maybe uh Cade it kind of feels like Cade is kind of taken aback by her change of clothes maybe but he's barely met her at that scene so I would say no the scene doesn't this movie does not have she just if anything she does not like like real confident she knows she doesn't like yeah. think she's not pretty yeah this movie does not fall into that cliche thankfully but it does not pass the Bechdel test absolutely not I don't think any female oh no, because there's that super weird scene with all her female relatives and all they're talking about is how Vivian can't uh-huh, find a man. Uh-huh. Um, so what else about this movie? Um, it So we, we've uh, alluded to it, it's ripping off stuff. So I've got a list of things I noticed that it was like... That was like, what my third one was. It's directly movies, ripping off. A bunch of movies all in one. The opening uh, King Arthur sequence is like directly visually ripping off Game of Thrones. Just like... Oh, it's yeah. It's super popular at the time. Very obviously. Um, the whole, like, we're dealing with the origin of a species and who made these people, but they're evil, is very Prometheus, the alien prequels. Um, so, Isabel, character we've, we've briefly mentioned, is a young woman who whose parents are dead, and, and she lives in a uh, almost post-apocalyptic Chicago, mm-hmm. taking care of herself, scavenging, 100% Ray. It's absolutely right. I, I don't care for Isabel's character. It's just it's, it's it's. But again, more spinoff material. Yes. Um, I think I think <laughs> yeah, you could that, you that. could almost say this list list of things I'm listing these scenes I'm listing almost every one of them would also fall under a list of things they were hoping would make their yeah. own movie. She they, she's in the she's in it for like a lot for like twenty minutes and then she's there for the third act like the third act battle and that's mm-hmm. it. She's not really in the movie very much. Yeah. Um. And then her droid, her, uh, her uh, Autobot, or she's robot that she's with her, that she, like, fixes, is very BB-8. He, like, yeah. speaks through beeps. He's small. He he re- rolls around on wheels. 100% BB-8. He does not have quite 
like the power that BB-8 had. No, not at all. Because one of my favorite comments someone said after Last Jedi came out was that BB-8 needs a nerf. <laughs> He's too powerful. <laughs> um, now, this is more like a, a a trope that they're using because the film, if it would make no sense to rip off this film because it's a 2011 film that did not make any money. But nonetheless, the way that the uh, uh, one of the knights crashes their ship and Jaeger finds it, and that that alien, which is a transformer, then bestows upon him a weapon that is meant for a hero. Yeah, is fortunately it was Cade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Imagine if it was like someone else. At, that's one hundred percent Green Lantern. That's exactly what happens. That's that's the Green Lantern story. Um, my wife pointed this one out. Um, so are the first scene with Bumblebee, he shows up and he like collapses into a bunch of pieces mm-hmm. to like tr- fool the humans he's about to fight. And then his like pieces all come back together and fly towards each other. 100% out of Iron Man three, um, where his suit can like break into different pieces and then fly oh, back together. Pretty dumb. <laughs> what? I think it's dumb. Oh yeah. And it's like, <laughs> again, it's a little bit of creativity. The sequence where his pieces are like individually messing up the human just Someone kind of Someone does fun, get but decked with his arm, which is really kind of funny when it flies back. Ultimately, that that really only serves to allow him to get torn apart later in the movie and then come back together with zero consequences. So ultimately, it sets up something that allows them a scene that I will talk about in a moment. This will be the last on this list that it, is just horrible. They actually put forethought into one scene in this film. Um, Vivian is just Laura Croft. Yeah. That's she's, just it. So like, I, I, you can't really give her, give them I much credit. I would almost say in looks too. Absolutely. The, the performance, her backstory, the her British, her, her knowledge. She is just Laura Croft. So you can't really give this movie Croft. much credit. Yeah. Uh, they're just ripping off of one of the most famous female characters of the last like 20 or 30 years. Um, you mentioned earlier, Suicide Squad. There's a segment in this movie where they're, uh, they are hiring Megatron to hunt down the Autobots, and they're going to give him a team of Decepticons they have captive, and he lists them off, and they each display their own name in their own font, and it's 100% supposed to be the Suicide Squad from 2016. Um, there's a... Now, we have not talked about this character at all up to this point, um, and we don't wouldn't really need to, but he, he is the f- flip side of the coin of Anthony Hopkins' performance, the, the high-energy a bad version of it. Uh, it's a little Autobot named Cogman, who is a headmaster. Yeah. Um, and do you want to talk about what headmasters normally are basically, in Transformers? Basically, they are little Transformers that pilot big Transformers. And in this one, he's just a little Transformer. And he's and a psychopath. He kind of has an interesting design, kind of. He's kind of like clockwork. He's kind of steampunky. steampunky. Again, kind, like, so there's something different. Um, I, what I'm now realizing is the less, uh, the less expressive a Transformer's face, the better. His face is kind of similar to Bumblebee's. Mm-hmm. Um, he's way too much. He's just uh, he's like the annoying sidekick character. He's Jar Jar. Yeah, he's he's not meant to be incompetent, but he's no, meant to be yeah. funny, and he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is 100% ripping off two things. He looks like. C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Which um, they mentioned. Yeah, they they they, uh, they lampshade that. But there's a there's a line in there where they call him, like you just said, a psychopath. But he, he says, I prefer the term sociopath, which is di- a line directly out of Sherlock. Oh like, like he is meant to be this, he's, he's ripping off uh, Cringe. Cumberbatch's Sherlock. Um, 
Now, this thing is more of a funny observation than actually a ripoff, but two months prior to this film's release, there was an actual King Arthur film that came out. I remember and, seeing it. I saw it in theaters. And while obviously they're not necessarily Wait, ripping no, it off. I did not see it in theaters. I don't remember what movies I saw in that year. It was a different film I was thinking of. It just like the like this movie feels dated even like the moment it comes out. Mm-hmm. Finally, the I to me the the most egregious thing this movie does ripping off other movies because it was super prevalent in the marketing. It was like the big moment in the marketing is a battle between Optimus and Bumblebee. Because Optimus has gone bad, he's become "quote unquote" Nemesis Prime uh, when he becomes mind controlled by Quintessa, and this is a year after Captain America: Civil War and Batman v Superman, where you know Marvel and DC were both doing their big heroes fighting each other stories, and it's not the plot of this movie. It's barely relevant to this movie. The movie, like he show because we don't see Optimus. We see him in the first twenty minutes. And we don't see him again for like probably another hour and 20. Like what is amazing about the movie Captain America Civil War is that the entire film is about the heroes having some sort of like neither side is necessarily 100% wrong or right. Like ultimately Captain America's side are are correct. But like you can understand why anyone on Iron Man's side is making that decision. What, do you, what is funny? Team Iron Man. So You are. I am interesting well that's outside the, the, the scope of this for podcast time, but yeah. uh see there you go see that that proves that the people do actually disagree disagree with captain america the hero is his name is the title of the movie but um they they spend that entire movie disagreeing there's that incredible plane uh auto oh, gosh dang it wow i am oof, way off oof airport sequence where they're fighting but not trying to kill each other and at the end they really do try to kill each other and the Avengers are broken up. Incredible ending to Civil War. This movie has none of that. It's not part of the movie. It's not part of the plot. The heroes don't have a disagreement. Optimus Prime is mind-controlled, one of the worst plot devices in science fiction. You have a character be mind-controlled, and you can have them do whatever you want them to do. Um, and there's no consequences. Pretty much what happens is Mega- Optimus Prime is gone most of the movie, and shows up at the end of the second act, fights Bumblebee. Now, I will admit what Bumblebee does to knock him out of it is kind of good. This entire series, Bumblebee has not been able to talk for no real ex- explicable reason. and He lost it in the war. Yeah, but they fixed it at the end yeah, of the first it, one, yeah. and then he just can't talk anymore after that. Um, and then... As Optimus Prime is about to kill him, he speaks and says, it's me, be your old friend. And that is... What? I just think it's funny because he says, I'm your oldest friend. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee, the notoriously youngest oh, Autobot, man. is now considered the oldest friend because everyone else is dead. <laughs> it's default. It's not... There's nothing deep there. It's by pure default. You're right. You're absolutely... Good observation. Um, and... The scene ends, and like this, what I mentioned earlier, Bumblebee, when he can, he, it's shown early in the film that he can take himself apart. Bumblebee, like, Optimus Prime is like ripping parts off of Bumblebee, and then he's when the fight <laughs> ends, he yeah. just puts himself back together and he's totally fine. And Optimus is fine again. And it's just like, we didn't know Optimus was evil until five minutes ago. 
yes, the fight is pretty brutal. Like, I, I would admit the actual fight scene is kind of fun, like to see Optimus and, and uh, Bumblebee go at it. But there's no stakes. There's no setup. It's not been the movie's not been building to this. Not really. We just cut to Megatron. Uh, Optimus Prime every like once in a while. Your boss showing up after like a vacation <laughs> and just like beating the crap out of you in your office. And I kept making the joke when Optimus shows up and he's super grumpy and and uh, irritable and antisocial and killing people. I was like. How can they tell the difference? This is how he's acting the last three or four movies. Yeah, it's, it's pretty normal. Uh, there's a reason why people call him. Well, what do the fans call him online? Uh, like uh, psychopath prime or something like that, something or like that. Uh, <laughs> something along those lines. I know, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. So it's to me, this is like while this series has been bad, and you heavily relies on cliche, have it? It has kind of been its own thing. The previous four films were very much Michael Bay's Transformers films, 100%. Love it or hate it, mostly hate it. He was making the movie he wanted to. Almost all wrong choices, almost gratingly stale formula and aesthetic. This one, while it does actually try some different things, it's only doing it because it's trying to be relevant. relevant. It's trying, it's just ripping off other things, and this is the worst example of that. Mm -hmm. Like, what is... In the, if you watch the the trailers and the, the marketing, what you think is going to be the big moment of the movie turns out to barely matter. What I Even watching the trailers at the time, I was like, that scene means nothing. Like, mm -hmm. There's no way they're actually going to be able to sell that scene, which they don't. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the end of my bad stuff. <laughs> and now we get to talk about the middle tier things that are of note or made us go, as Caleb said, Hmm. <laughs> what makes you go, hmm, Rachel? Okay, so there were some moments that I thought were funny, but they weren't things I liked. <laughs> um, and two of them include Optimus. So for context, at the end of Age of Extinction, Optimus flies into space. And he has this threatening monologue where he's like, creators, I'm coming for you because he's going to kill them <laughs> for some reason. I think I can't remember. I don't. Is it the very beginning? It's the it's, it's the like, first whoa. scene after the King Arthur stuff. You're right because I because it's so, you know flies off majestically into space. He's gonna kill all the creators. They open up on a scene in space, and Optimus has been frozen by the deep. Oh, actually, there. The movie actually had been going for a while up to this point because here's here's the setup. I have this this listed here. I thought it was hilarious. Um, so you have the opening scene with introduction of Cade yes. and Isabel yes, I was and Optimus say. Prime, and they're fighting. And Linux is now leading this anti Transformer force, and uh, he's talking with another guy, and they go, "Oh, what I wouldn't give to have Prime back." <laughs> Hard cut to Optimus Prime's frozen body hurtling through space. <laughs> and so what I have written down is, you know, something Star Wars fans love is to play Rogue One and New Ho Hope back to back. New you Ho Hope? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go straight from the ending of New Hope right into the, mm -hmm. sorry, ending of Rogue One, straight into the ending mm -hmm. of, and you can also do the same thing with um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Yeah. If you did that with Transformers 4 and 5, just like within minutes of each other, you'll go from Optimus Prime flying into space 
and the next time you see him, he is frozen and just hurtling through space and he aimlessly. he somehow manages to actually land on Cybertron <laughs> at, like, what, 200 miles an hour? <laughs> That's some dude-perfect stuff right there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just... It's very interesting. I don't know. It's very interesting. The other thing I wanted to bring up was also um, the, another Optimus moment. TM, if you say, if you think this is after Optimus has returned. And so the scene of the final battle is the 12 Knights ship, uh-huh. which has been buried in the ocean for some reason for like the past 1500 years or whatever. And they raise it. As it's being raised, Optimus and Bumblebee kind of started their fight. And so Cade and Vivian get to the ship with with the help of a submarine transformer, who we never see transform. <laughs> it's pretty much just a way to explain how the... Yes. Uh, the uh, how they, shoot. How it's driving there. itself. Yes. It's the driving submarine itself. is driving itself. And they were followed by a, a government submarine. So the government submarine gets there, and as the ship is rising um, in the water, there's a scene. They did not have to put this in. This is why I think it's so funny. There is a scene where it's underwater, and Optimus kind of like is like trying to like push off the ship to propel himself through the water. (laughs) And the government government submarine comes over and hits him, and you just hear the. The metallic thunk. It's so good. It's so funny. And oh, it's just, man. it's one of those things where it's like, they did not have to do that. And what's really, I think, funny about this is in Revenge of the Fallen, when they resurrect Megatron, Megatron shoots up through the water and destroys a submarine. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a very parallel. interesting balance. I made Cameron go back and we had to watch this again because I thought it was really funny. It's just out of nowhere. And the funniest thing is there's no dialogue. Because it's underwater. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If I, we'll have to find a clip of it and post it to social media because it's probably one of my favorite <laughs> scenes. And it's not like something that I liked. It's just, I think it's funny that they put that in. So we, I would have probably put this under bad stuff. I kind of forgot about it. But also, I think if you told this to most people, they'll just go, hmm. hmm. This movie, okay. So if you're not familiar with the term aspect ratio. No. Aspect ratio is just um, how the term for uh, the the size of the movie. Your your phone and your television is sixteen by nine. Um, that's so that's your standard aspect ratio for Old television. Are often three by four. And, yeah, and so standard television and, and internet videos are sixteen by nine. So when your PS two doesn't work on your new TV, <laughs> you need to put it in three four. And when you load up a movie on your TV, you often have the black bars on the top and bottom. That's because the film itself is a different aspect ratio. It's a slimmer aspect ratio, um, which is normally 2.39 by 1. IMAX cameras shoot in 1.9 by 1, so they're much taller uh, than uh, than a film. And so when you go to a movie theater and you watch it in IMAX, um, oftentimes the sequences that are shot with the IMAX cameras are, are the full thing. And you you do see uh, movies if you uh, if you watch like the newer Mission Impossible's or the more recent Christopher Nolan films, um, you'll you'll there'll be sequences. And we even talked about it um, when we watched my DVD copy of Transformers Two. Mm-hmm. The IMAX sequences actually filled the whole TV screen. That's that's common. Um, you also will have movies that creatively change aspect ratios, such as the really famous one from the last few years is Grand Budapest Hotel, to um, show different time. Uh, lines in different uh, time periods, those sequences were shot in, with different aspect ratios. That's a creative choice use of it. Um, this movie, 
seemingly at random cuts between four different aspect ratios that are not that different. Whereas, um, oftentimes Grand Budapest Hotel is cutting between 231, the film aspect ratio, and like, like almost like a square, like a four by three old TV aspect ratio. That's like a really nice, aesthetically pleasing cut back and forth because it's they're different and it really helps you put yourself in the different uh, times. This movie, between different shots, is cutting between the 2.39 Panavision film aspect ratio, the 190 to 1 IMAX uh, aspect ratio, but then it's also including 2 by 1, which is that not that different from 1.9 by 1, but it is still different, and then also 2.28, which is not that different from 2.39. So what you have is four different aspect ratios that on a scale are not that different from one another, but it is instantly pulls me out of the movie Mm -hmm. as an editor and a videographer myself this is one of the worst decisions ever possible and what it's doing what the result of this is because you're using different cameras for different scenes okay whatever um and leave the imax scenes in imax that's standard you gotta crop those other two you gotta you can't have the black bars constantly changing to put it simply it i know this is a film geek thing i know this is this is probably like you and honestly, even I kind of settled into it after a while. You kind of just ignore it. But in the back of your mind, what I think people don't necessarily understand about movies is even if you aren't consciously noticing something, unconsciously, your your brain is so used to watching movies and television, you, you do understand how these things work. That is going to completely pull you out of the movie. You are never going to fully settle into the movie watching experience. Ultimately... You know, we can talk about visual effects, we can talk about lighting, we can talk about editing, we can talk about acting, we can talk about writing, we can talk about all this stuff, and it's fun. Ultimately, the object, every decision in a filmmaking process, the first step should be to further the story. The second choice should be to pull you into the world. No matter what the world is, whether it's the real world, it's a fantasy world, it's a comedy, it's an action, you should ultimately get to a point where you forget about that you're watching a movie and you're just enjoying what's happening. You're never going to do that. If a movie is changing aspect ratio between shots like this, it's not motivated. That's a long tangent just to say um, there's, there's a even a technical reason why this movie is bad. What else you got, Rachel? Um, Cybertron looks vastly different in this film than it does in Dark of the Moon. And so it's never explained, but it's just, it's so vastly different because... So when we see, uh, it's also way smaller. When <laughs> yep, we see uh-huh. Dark of the, when we see Cybertron and Dark of the Moon, we only get to see a part of it, and it's, I would say, equal to Earth, if not bigger. It was oh, it was, it's bigger than Earth yeah, it was in Dark of the massive. Moon. Massive. Sure. You know, it had like this very hexagonal size style surface, um, and so when we see Cybertron again, it's like, it's probably the size of Earth, maybe smaller. Just not like too much smaller, but it's bigger than the moon. But so it looks just vastly different because when Cybertron is coming to Earth, it also has these weird like pieces of the planet that stretch forward almost like on tendrils. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. do not understand that at all because when they brought Cybertron in in Dark of the Moon, mm-hmm. it was just one big piece. And so one thing I can think of is maybe this was a moon. Mm. Maybe this was a moon not of actually Cybertron. Cybertron. Yes, and not actually Cybertron. Yeah, I I somewhat similarly thought that the best explanation I could come up with it come up with is 
a lot of Cybertron got destroyed in Dark of the Moon. True. And whatever I, was, le- like, the core was left. Yeah. And that's why it has the tendrils. Yeah. And this is, like, an inner part of Cybertron, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. But, yeah, it's there's a lot not explained in this movie, for sure. Also, why is there grass on Cybertron? <laughs> this, this is, like, kept me... I would almost say this, like, sometimes keeps me up at night. Because it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all that there's grass on Cybertron. It is a metal planet. Unless they are trying to do this weird connection where, um, for example, maybe that's why they were frolicking so easily. It reminded them of home. I don't know. <laughs> but so it, it makes no sense because I would mm, It's a metal planet. Unless they're trying to make some weird convolution. Athena's eating again, so if you can hear her in the background, she's having a snack. Um, <laughs> it just drives me nuts. So I don't know if they're trying to make a like a correlation between the last episode showcasing that after whatever creators like uh, nuked Earth into metal and Earth still grew as normal. I don't know, still had plants grow as normal. If they're trying to make that kind of correlation, mm-hmm. it just makes no sense. It also looks like golf grass. They take care of their lawns there, I guess. I don't know. But it, it drives me. It's just so confusing to me. Um, so I've got a mm-hmm moment. Uh, this actually is not in the take. It's not necessarily about the movie itself. It's, it, uh, if you go, one of my favorite things on, on Wikipedia is to find the controversy. Uh, there is a controversy segment for this movie. It's one thing. Um, so the World War II film or sequence of this movie um, is Bumblebee... And another Transformer infiltrating... It was Hot Rod. Oh, yeah. You could see uh, it. Infiltrating uh, a Nazi base. Well, as it turns out... I like it was one of the Nazi bases. And so... you And you know it's a Nazi base because there's big Nazi big flags Nazi in the flags. building. Well, as it turns out, that was not a real Nazi base. It was actually the birthplace of Winston Churchill... President... Not president. Uh, Prime Minister of no. England during World War II... Um, nonetheless, many historians and even a descendant of, of, uh, Churchill himself were not happy about no. this. And look, I, like, it's not something I personally care about, but like. That's like putting an American flag on Buckingham. Maybe not an American flag, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like. That's I can, so bad. If, if you're going to make something like this, you should care, like, use any other building. Do you think they were trying to find a building similar to Indiana Jones? When Indy, because it's kind of like got those big pillars area. I don't know. Look, Do you, I don't know. I just like, it just is like, I think you could have chosen any other building and maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know. It's not the first but, time they don't do research. Um, it's a, it's over $200 million film. I think you could spend five minutes figuring out which building you're shooting at and put, not putting the Nazi flags on. up and didn't ask anyone. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and also, they probably put this, the flags in, in CGI yeah. in post production. So, um, not so that I thought that was really funny and very oh, hmm moment. Mm. What else you got? This was something we kind of noticed together, so I can't take credit for this. Go for it. When Optimus first crash lands on whatever he is on Cybertron and he meets Quintessa, she makes a comment because her goal is to basically awaken unicron if uh-huh. that's that's her goal she's she's not she's no good and she says i can't remember the exact quote we probably should have gone back but she makes a comment that 
Optimus following her lead will create a new home for the Transformers. <laughs> and we thought, why did she call them that? <laughs> that's a like that is a human word their word would be cybertronians like why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was just kind of like mm, it makes you just go, have mm. her say our kind or yeah. the kind i created this like she her using she, the word transformer she didn't create them but whatever that's fine <laughs> yeah um my, two in the lore. my final note here this is kind of a lackluster one to end on but just like we we hammered this point last week we've hammered it today Cade Yeager, played by Mark Wahlberg, terrible character. His first line of dialogue in this movie, he threatens to punch a child. <laughs> and it just made me go, huh. huh. <laughs> and, uh, that's the last thing that I've got. Um, you made a comment afterward that there are some unfortunate similarities between The Last night and the Marvel's film The Eternals. Okay, so we got at least one. We got a shared actor. Yeah. But there's also kind of like this weird... Um, well, <laughs> there was supposed to be a sequel to The Eternals, oh, but yeah. we all know how that's ended up. Uh-huh. Um, weird kind of old Englishy mm-hmm. lore of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, there's a lot of different scenes that take place in different parts of human history. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you list the rest, but yeah. You're right. You're totally right. Um, they're both bad. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if you're going to draw parallels between a Transformers film and or Eternals and say they're similar because they're bad, we're going to be here all day. (laughs) Oh, so just, and there's a, like, the Unicron's prongs, Uh I don't know what, horns Uh coming out are very similar to, I don't, we watched it once. So the statues of Eternals is about them trying to, uh, Earth, it turns out, and both of them, Earth turned out to be something else. Yes. And Eternals, Earth is a giant egg to hatch uh, a celestial. Egg. And the celestial starts to come out of the Earth at the end. They they stop the process and he like freezes and he's got his arm and his head out. And it's very similar to the horns coming out of the Earth in Transformers 5. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there is a lot of, of strange parallels between these two films and both ended their respective series. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you have any more? No. So I've got just a list. We're going to close out here with, uh, so I got two quote, two lists of quotes, quotes from the movie and quotes from our watching out of context quotes from transformers. The last night, you know who they always kill first lawyers. <laughs> Um, talking oh, this would have been so good to watch with Caleb. <laughs> this paper's made from some type of groats, goat scrotum or something. Oh my gosh. Okay. The fact that they brought John Turturro back to play Oh yeah, we didn't Agent talk about that. Sin- no, we didn't play it. And he said scrotum, not once. <laughs> Twice in this film. Um, because the first time he said, he was describing the pages of this old book that he was sending anthony hopkins to find and so old books are very fragile a lot of times you can't like touch them can't humidity and he says it he describes it as, oh uh-huh gosh, I, do you have to censor me for this he described it as like a dried goat scrotum and he said it and cameron and i just look at each other in silence <laughs> uh anthony hopkins says to a man but you want to know don't you dude <laughs> uh he also says that's the watch that killed hitler don't screw with it Someone says, don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Well, that's Cogman, I think, says that. Yes. And finally, uh, this is our... It's You know what? It's very fitting that we're 
finish this series with a quote from our favorite character, uh, Agent Simmons. His final line in this series, who, which gives some context real fast. He's in this movie, a few scenes, but he's on the same location and he's on a phone. Mm-hmm. Like he's in the movie. They pretty much just went and found. Oh, and so Transformers, sorry, Transformers are illegal on Earth everywhere except is it cuba is it except, uh, except cuba uh, the 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 communist leader of cuba what's his name uh fidel castro castro is giving asylum to transformers and it pretty much what it seems like is they asked simmons to come back for this or uh john Turturro, and he pretty much said pay me for me to have a vacation and so they took him to wherever they actually shot this i doubt it was actually yeah. cuba and he spent his entire movie on the phone giving information yeah uh and he his final line in this series is I never had a brother. Feels nice. Beach, let's go. Woo! And that's it. That's how the character exits the series. To go play volleyball with Transformers. Don't forget. Uh-huh. It's a very important note. Okay. So quotes. Uh, I've got two from my wife and one from Rachel. Uh, my wife said... My wife. Uh, so there's a part uh, where... Um, Bumblebee is walk, driving away from a scene and uh, a government agent shoots him with a tracker and it's beeping very loudly and my wife just goes, that's pretty loud for a secret tracker. It is. I don't even remember the context for this. I just have written down that she said, oh, it's when Optimus shows up and Elsa just goes, he's got some boobs. They <laughs> did give him pecs, yeah. And finally, in the same sequence, Rachel, you made the incredible observation. You just said, soggy Mark Wahlberg. And I thought it was hilarious. You have any final thoughts on... I have quotes. Oh, you have quotes. Please, please, please. please. Two of them are my own, because I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> but, um, I got one from Kara that just was so funny at the beginning. So this is where we see Merlin trying to beg uh the knights to come help king arthur for some reason i don't know why they're included in these politics but whatever uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and for some reason the knights that give merlin the staff that's gonna save earth uh-huh and <laughs> the knight goes <laughs> i have to say without laughing protect this staff one day a great evil will come with it and you Cameron, without missing a beat, go Mark Wahlberg, and then a pause. No, Kate Yeager, even worse. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm going to flex probably what I think is the funniest joke that I have made out of all of these films because I just think it's really funny. So we're somehow ending on some high notes today. Yeah. Shocking. So just because I think it's funny. Um, anyways, there is a part where we talked. We talked about the aspect ratio. So the scene of Bumblebee and uh, Optimus fighting on top of the night ship, is, it's surfaced at this point. So um, Lennox and Cade are there surviving. Um, there's a lot of water washing up over the sides. And they get washed in one shot. And um, in, a, in an IMAX shot, the water hits them. And in the next shot, you see them like kind of resurfacing and like gasping for air and all that. And the IMAX and the aspect ratio goes back to the... Uh, 916 and I said do you remember what I said? yeah vaguely <laughs> I said oh no the ocean washed away half of the screen <laughs> um, good good joke is that the one you think is your, your best? I think that was probably one of my favorite jokes it's good. It um, good the other one I thought was it's not really a joke but um, I, I said it last night or when we watched it so I feel like I need to reiterate it so we were talking about you know the Marvels um, this movie could have been worse 
like the last night actually <laughs> could have been worse um and it could have been worse because you know it's not as bad as it could have been because harry styles wasn't in it <laughs> that that's true he could have been in the world war ii he, sequence he could have been it and it would have been so much for for context because this, this is actually the same summer as dunkirk as well <laughs> for context i can't stand harry styles and anything he acts in <laughs> oh man uh and uh is that is that it is that that's I all i got <laughs> um okay so final thoughts on michael bay's trans the final thoughts for hot bot summer we've we've watched every transformers film other than bumblebee yeah uh so we watched the original animated film for the first time we watched all five michael bay movies we watched Transformers Rise of the Beast in theaters, which is a very special experience that we got to watch a Transformers film together in theaters, which I don't, we've never had to do before. Um, because we... I don't remember who I saw the last night with. I think my mom. Yeah, because we, we hadn't even met at that point. We met just like the next month. Yeah, because it came out in the summer. Mm-hmm. And we met in late August. Um, wow. And uh, Bumblebee came out over Christmas break, so we were not in the same place. I forgot. Did it come out the same year? No, it came out 2018. Yeah, okay um see that was you can see they were trying to make this a franchise they came up with another one less than a year and a half later Mm -hmm. but it just didn't pan out um bumblebee is good rise of the beast is decent this just unfortunately michael bay just kind of went scorched earth and just wrecked if i can't have transformers nobody can like he he so thoroughly poisoned the well that even when there is a decent transformers movie like rise of the beast it just feels very lackluster it. it yeah exactly he's, he's still involved um and while he was probably right about not including gi joe um it's the uh, only time we'd probably agree with michael bay yeah really it just i i do i'm i'm reinforced on my idea that i do genuinely like the first one i think it did some stuff and it was fun but they just never learned from their mistakes they never improved they never they just continued to make bad decisions they continued to burn through terrible uh side characters and 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 comic relief characters they they never managed to get like really good voice acting going they they, they hired some decent voice actors actually i meant to mention earlier just with our running uh tradition of looking up voice actors and seeing if they were in the other franchise that we cover uh jesh jess harnell in this movie is the voice of sorry i'm trying to find him jess harnell oh what sorry i'm totally lost now um he was one of the transformers Uh, i'm not sure exactly which one just apologies i was not prepared uh barricade (laughs) so he has one line <laughs> um he has one line of dialogue in this movie and he has been in a lot of different star wars stuff a lot of video games and stuff he often plays kyundi mundi um and he's like in knights of republic and he's in jedi academy and he's in um the obi-wan kenobi game and he's in racer's revenge so there's a little bit of tradition for you um but, like, I love cartoons. We both love cartoons. We love, like, voice acting is a beautiful thing. And outside of Peter Cullen, there's not another standout voice performance. Whoever's doing Starscream in the first three is is doing a pretty Starscream performance. Um, I feel like we should know who that is. But, like, 
They even brought in Tom Kenny, who's one of our best voice actors now, and gave him trash characters and trash writing, and he was never going to be able to save that. Like, he's doing John, pretty typical Tom Kenny stuff, but, like, it's just very annoying. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, oftentimes they have garbage audio editing on and, and sound mixing on the Transformers voice, so they, they fluctuate between overly edited, o- overly roboticized, and sometimes they just, like sound like a human like in this there's a uh, character played by steve buscemi again phenomenal voice actor phenomenal actor very funny guy a very distinct voice it makes sense why you would bring him in did zero editing on his voice it just sounds like he's just in a booth Mm -hmm. like so i think that's a huge crime that this this series committed um they they don't focus on the transformers enough like again like i said know your strengths I think a Transformers movie that focuses on humans could be good. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say Transformers 1 that's supposed to come out next year, the animated film. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I I have I have my reservations about the cast. But the for years everyone's like there's too many hu- there's too much humans in Transformers. There's too many humans in my Transformers, you know. There's just too much. And so if this movie does well, for, well, it's, if it's a good movie, I think it could bring a lot of change and show Hasbro, oh, people actually want to see it without humans. Because it's, spo- it's supposed to be the origin story. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see how we'll it goes. See. We'll see. Yeah, it's... Um... It's a. Ri- I think the. I think the casting of Chris Hemsworth. It well, not like I think Chris Hemsworth could do a good voice performance. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But like, just the the sheer fact that they cast him shows they don't necessarily have the right uh, intentions for making this movie. But s- cautious optimism <laughs> for sure. Cautious optimism. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way place to end. Uh, is like there's hope for the future. I think. Um, uh, we'll see. Bumblebee and Rise of the Beast are better movies mm-hmm. than the the Michael Bay sequels. Yeah. Um. They're Rise of the Beast did great in Peru, <laughs> so maybe there's hope Her, for another I think one. They did talk about a sequel. I think it did hit the threshold, the typical expected threshold. You know the the expectations of success right now are crazy because yeah. of of covid and now with the writers and actors striking right now mm-hmm. nothing's getting properly green green lit um i i think the potential of, of you know if you if you want to do military guys do gi joe guys like i think i think gi joe and transformers could easily make a good movie together even though there's never been a good gi joe movie in my opinion there's only like two of them but uh and most Transformers movies are garbage, but hey, they could come together in a good way. I think they just need to find their director. Like, they need to find someone who can cares. do this large-scale action and also, yes, cares. Like, understands what makes Transformers good. Mm-hmm. Um, while I I liked Rise of the Beast, I don't think that director really understood what makes Transformers good, really. But also, he was probably working within a big machine. I don't necessarily think it was fully his fault. But there just wasn't there wasn't a take there. There wasn't a, a vision. I don't think. But cautiously optimistic, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's always a good time, always a good pick me up, is some meme minute. But it's longer than a minute. It's thankfully shorter than five Michael Bay Transformers films. It is the meme parsec meme astrosecond segment. Rachel, what have you got? 
Um, so it's obligatory, not quite a meme. Um, crazy ass moments in Transformers history, uh, retweeted someone, uh, another trailer account that was showing some promotional, uh, material for rise of the beasts and so they did a collaboration with m&m's uh rise of the beasts and so they just had some like basic marketing okay and they retweeted it and saying they stand on the shoulders of giants and then posted some of the m&m promotional um material from the 2000 the 2007 film and it goes hard it has oh, the M&M's i remember these yeah yeah just, it was just yeah. it's just funny because I'm scrolling through Twitter. It's Twitter. We're not calling it X. Um, and I just see they stand on the shoulders of giants. And that could have been a lot of things. But that's what I scrolled down to. Um, very, very amusing. Um, do you want to show all my memes? We're going back and forth. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm preparing our conclusion. I'm excited. Oh, we got our final okay. uh, Optimus Prime monologue. It's uh, really long, though, so I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Thank goodness it's the final one. Okay, so... Um, this is a video I referenced earlier. Um, this is not directly a Transformers meme, but just listen to this audio, and I just imagine that this is the uh, Dark of the Moon writer's room. Someone's Googling right now. Looks like what the Earth looks like when you're a bazillion miles away from the planet yes. Moon. Yes, yes, I the just pointed moon. at it. From the right. Moon, looking from back the at the Earth. From the planet Moon. From the planet Isn't Moon. Isn't the Moon a star? The pl- no, the Moon is the planet, darling. Sun, the Sun uh-huh. is a star. Is well, the moon really a planet? The moon is a planet. Don't look honey. at me like that. It's the sun the, is a star. A is the sun not a star? I don't know what the sun is. The sun is, is a star, isn't it? The sun is. The sun is a star. The moon is not the a planet. I knew it. I knew it. You were trying to take me down that road. This keeps going, but I just thought that felt so hilariously relevant to our Dark of the Moon moon conversation. <laughs> the moon is a planet, darling. So funny. Ah, oh, that kills me. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> mm. Okay. What else you got, Rachel? Someone got this cute video of uh, Ben Mendelsohn spotting a Star Wars, like, rebel uh, phone case at the red carpet at the premiere of Secret Invasion. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's very cute, his reaction. So, Ben Mendelsohn was... Oh, Director Krennic, director sorry. Director Krennic in, in Rogue One. And he would, he, they modeled him for Rebels. They just... Couldn't get him in. Please. Uh, <laughs> what a, how? Let me just get no, him. Please. No, is that really his? Sh- no, is that my shit? No, that's a poxy other ship. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you're going to, like, see, this is the thing. Any punk can be a rebel. Look at this filthy rebel back. This is cute. Yeah. This is so I mean, cute. Okay, look, I, I'm just, uh, please. Please. I'm having a phase shift. It's adorable. Oh, it's his fellow Australians, that's why. He was willing to go full crocky with his fellow Australians. Oh, wow. I almost knocked my microphone over. Yeah, that was was a sign telling you to stop. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, I'm trying to figure out how the... Okay, so this is... How do I... uh, Okay. So this is a video. POV, your camera and learning how to use this phone. I've got it muted. I'm trying to figure out how to like, it's really fast video. So it just says gender reveal. And it's the, it's the, it's a video of the Death Star blowing up the. I know exactly the video you're talking about. (laughs) Death Star blowing up Alderaan. It's a 
I know exactly what you're talking Darth about. Darth Vader just yelling, let's go. Let's go. It's really, really funny. When I me. say, when I text you, let's go, that's, that is the tone <laughs> I am texting you in. I love that. Let's go. That is And it cuts him off. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for like a, a perfectly timed cut as well. So, okay. What else you got, Rachel? Um, <laughs> I'm back. I'm not in the, I'm out of my, I'm out of videos. Other Same. villains motivated by revenge, love, their past, etc. Unicron, I hungy. <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Let me take a look. Uh, <laughs> I hungy. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so this is this is. I'm not going to count this in the meme. Oh, as a reminder to our listeners, each of us we each made oh, one yes, meme. It's meme game. Uh, one of and we are currently each one three, to one. Three and one. No, or four, four and, one. and one. Four and one from last week. And as a reminder, Caleb is 0 and 2. Uh, <laughs> um, next, time we, next time we have him on, we can't let him guess. Yeah. We can't tell him the answers. We can let him guess. We can't tell him the answers until we each guess. Yeah, good call. Um, Sorry, Caleb. So this this one is just a screenshot of a video I took today. I'm going to show it to Rachel. What do you What do you see here, Rachel? Daniel Logan! Yeah, so that's the big joke. So it's a... <laughs> It's a video of a very, very poorly made wax figure Ooh, of young. He's orange. Of young Boba Fett, like from Attack of the Clones, and it's just really ugly. But then I noticed who posted this video, and it's Daniel Logan, the actor who played him himself, and that's the really funny part to me. Oh, he looks so bad. <laughs> like you can see the wig. Oh, so bad. This clearly just they just took an adult's head that they yes. had just lying around. All right, what else you got, Rachel? <laughs> Speaking of Tom Kenny, um, when you thought you avoided the... You have to get ready to censor this one, because... So. <laughs> when you thought you Athena. avoided the bloodshed on Scarif by staying in a ship, but suddenly the hallway goes dark and you hear uh, Vader breathing. Uh, the image is SpongeBob <laughs> with a photoshopped rebel helmet on. Oh, and I believe this is the Pretty Patties episode. Uh, um, where No, it's the Bubbles. Oh, it's the Bubble yeah. episodes. And he puts out the little folding card on his stand and it just says... Oh man, that's hilarious! And he's smiling. Think, that's what makes it funnier. Yep, real good, real good. Uh, this one visually resembles a meme from a few weeks back. Oh, <laughs> uh, someone's taken uh, the young boy from Revenge of the Sith and made him blue, who so looks like a Force ghost. And it says, "Master Skywalker, the Death Star's collapsing. What are we gonna do?" And then it's got dying Darth Vader, and his eyes are real big, and his lightsaber's ignited. That's cursed. <laughs> That's so scary. I love this edit. Oh, it's so such a good scary. Edit. Hmm, we do. <laughs> mm. What else you got, Rach? Um, very visual. Walmart and Empire logos next together, and it's someone's eyes. Just, it's. I think it's a dog from like SpongeBob. Not SpongeBob. Uh, like uh, Family Guy, just looking back and forth. <laughs> I think it's actually uh, Futurama. Oh, yeah. But anyways, but yeah. The, the logos do look very similar. Yeah, the, em, the Empire and Walmart suspicious. logo is like a little similar. Here's yet another uh, little little kid from Revenge of the Sith meme. There's a bunch of them and they have red lightsabers and it says, Master Skywalker, there are too many of us. What are you going to do? <laughs> and then one of them is stabbing Anakin and just has the credits that oh directed by George God. Lucas. Oh, man, I love that. All right, what do you got? So I got a picture of 
<laughs> young Boba, Jango Fett, um, clone troopers, counterfeits, <laughs> and uh, Jango Fett is frowning at clone troopers, but then smiling. There's a Photoshop smile, counterfeits, and it's F E T T S. That's a fun. Yeah. So the the counterfeits war. <laughs> hmm. Um, this one says. Me and the boys want to make Bad Batch memes. However, you can't take screenshots in Disney Plus, and it's just like a phone photograph of the of a TV screen with an f- image from Bad Batch of Crosshair saying, "Then we improvise." This is good. Uh, no words. Visual. <laughs> I think we've had this one on the pod Have before. We? I don't I, know I've seen about. this. It's good. Uh, go ahead and describe it. So. It's, it's, it's really a, funny. It's a mirrored image of uh, the gingerbread man from Shrek when his legs are broken off. One on the left has Anakin's face and the one on the right has Maul's face and the next scene of Lord Farquaad uh, holding up the legs is Obi-Wan sc- is a screen cap of Obi-Wan <laughs> screaming at Anakin from Revenge of the Sith. Oof, that is terrifying. But very funny. This is, my next one is my last one, FYI. Okay, um, I've got a few more, so I'll, I'll, I'll do a few here. This one's not, it's very clearly I did not make. It's just funny. Uh, it's a comic panel. Are you uh, sure? That sounds like something you'd say to throw <laughs> this me is, off. This is hand-drawn. Uh, it just says Optimistic Prime, and he's saying, everything is probably going to be okay. <laughs> me? At work? <laughs> uh, this is a famous scene from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. How do three men in their 30s not have $800 between them? And the three of them saying the economy is in shambles. The economy is in shambles. And one of them is holding a Star Wars Lego. The other one has a, to- a Star Wars lightsaber. The other one has a clone trooper helmet on. <laughs> this felt relevant to Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I feel a little uh, relevant. This one is purely visual, as is tradition. I'm just going to show it to Rachel. <gasps> no! So it's 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 uh, Megatron in his uh, tank form, but he's been photoshopped into the Tiananmen Square photo of the man standing in front of a tank. <laughs> and it's not like just like sloppily put on there like a lot of memes it's like they've matched the grain and like the coloring a bit i know someone who else has i know someone who has photoshop <laughs> lots of people have photoshop rachel a lot of these are all these are made in photoshop anyways i'll do one more then i'll let you do yours this just says my hands look like this so hers can look like this and it's a man's dirty hand and the second one is just what i presume is uh uh Unicron's hand, like a toy Unicron hand, <laughs> but it's like very blinged that out. Is Unicron. <laughs> oh, so good. I don't, I don't know where that image would have come from, but uh, it's quite a choice. What else you got, Rachel? This is my last one. Okay, <laughs> I've got two more. Square <laughs> one. What about it? things that make you go "Hmm." that's a reddit meme because if it was on facebook (laughs) i got that one off the transform memes uh 
God. Like, anything goes on Reddit, on Facebook, that would get you oh, banned, man. man. It would be so fast. <clears throat> of all the things, my stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my last. Guys, this is my last. Oh, yeah, I'm getting a headache. This is my last one. Bavers Optimus Prime before Revenge of the Fallen, Bavers Optimus Prime after Revenge of the Fallen, and it's Happy Mr. Incredible and Uncanny Mr. Incredible. <laughs> Mr. Incredible. Oh, so this gosh. is a famous Simpsons meme of uh, typically it's say the line Bart, and then I don't know what in the original thing Bart says something he said a lot. Everyone he's like saying it very sad. Everyone cheers. Mm-hmm. What's well, this? Say the line Optimus, and there's a very poorly photoshopped uh, image of Optimus over Bart, and it says give me your face. Everyone cheers. <laughs> yeah. And my last one. This is um this was a popular meme back at the end of, of twenty nineteen, going into twenty twenty, and this is one of my this is one of my more favorite ones. It's the final scene from Star Wars uh, Rise of Skywalker and the old woman's asking Ray, Who are you? She says, I'm Ray. Ray who? And she looks over and it's just a poster of Star Wars episode three and it says Revenge of the Sith. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, those those memes always crack me up. I think that's a peculiarly creative one. So good. Okay, time for us to. <laughs> this is a meme related. I was sending Cameron my memes, and so I shared a post from the Twitter. <laughs> um, crazy ass moments in Transformers history. I just realized what the hyperlink says. <laughs> X.com. <laughs> it's Transformers. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what it is, but that's just that's just the funny one. It's just mm, it's funny. I always edit those out. So uh, it's a uh, man. Go. She is sleepy girl. You gotta pay. You gotta pay attention here, sleepy girl. Yeah, she. Wow, she was looking at us earlier, but now she's she's probably like it's late. Okay, it's time for bed. Send me your memes, girl. I'm working on it. I almost had it all ready, and then you had to click on things. Sorry. Oh. The sleep um, So, just again, going to plug next week's episode. We're going to talk about Ahsoka. So We're going to have so many memes. Get your, get your Disney Plus accounts in. Steal them from your grandmother. Steal them from someone. Watch Ahsoka. Um, we probably should have been promoting this for a while. Watch Rebels, or at least read a description of Rebels, or or at least watch the final season, maybe. Cameron, you should tell the listeners what episode you and your wife watched last night. Um, so I'm trying to get my wife caught up in time. At the very least, watch Ahsoka soon. Um, we watched one of Rachel's favorite episodes, um, which is called the Honorable, honorable Ones. So I want to say Honorary season Ones. Season 2, episode 14, right? Yeah. Mm. And it's the episode where... Zeb and Callus are stranded on a moon of Geonosis together and are forced to work together because um, Zeb is a rebel and and Callus uh, is an imperial and Callus was responsible for for genociding uh, Zeb's people. No, he took credit. He took credit for it. He was there. He, he was, was involved. This is this and he is, previously took credit. This is his. Are we the baddies? Moment. Uh-huh. And it's a really good episode, especially if you if your favorite character is Callus, like. <laughs> 
uh for all like two Rachel. of us out here and i think that zeb is quickly becoming my wife's favorite episode uh favorite favorite episode. character sorry i'm okay so i gotta look at these two memes <laughs> these five memes you gotta figure out i think there's two there's two i thought yeah i dropped them to you oh tell me if are they all together i just realized sometimes when you airdrop it doesn't put them all together yes they are so I hit accept when you were showing me your phone. I, no, no, I didn't Well, safe you. to say you probably didn't make the awful uh, tiny Boba Fett statue. Wait, tiny Boba Fett? You, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> I did not make that. Send it to the actor and have him video it. Man, you say the word hungy a lot. That's very you. Mm, that has... That's I got. I'm guessing the Unicron's hungry. No, dang it! Ah, oh dang! I want to take a second guess here. Um, my other guess would be. My other guess would be. Do second guess. Second guesses count. No, I just no, want to. Just for posterity. Is it? Is it the Walmart Empire logos? No. Which one did you make? It's the, it's the Mr. Incredible one. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think I, I feel like I'd seen that one before, so that threw me off. Um, well, you did a good job of blending in with with other memes. So she made the one that was Bay versus Optimus before and after Revenge of the Fallen, and just the Mister Incredible meme. Man, she is passed out. We're almost done. Gosh. We're almost done, Athena. Oh, man. I I really am taking the approach of just sending her way too many. You are sending me a lot. <laughs> okay. I want to narrow... Well, I, okay, I, I need to guess which ones I think is. I can't narrow them down. So I fall to four and two. I have seen the Bad Batch one, though, Then We Improvise. I think that one's from Reddit. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you that one. That one's pretty obvious. Fallen to four and two. Oh, no, I have the same number of losses as Caleb. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> but four times as many wins. What I've done. Yeah, which one of these memes have you done? <laughs> we didn't talk about the uh, Transformers 5 final credit song. Is it this one? Say the line, Optimus. Give me your face. I did not make that one. Oh, okay. Hold on. I. Oh, you want to guess? I don't do a, a second guess. No sacrifice, no victory. The piece ends with the. Is new... it this one? It is not uh, Vader uh, threatening to oh, kill the ghost. I made the Tiananmen Square one. You said it was a Reddit I lied. meme. I oh, lied. See, I've tried so I've worked so many weeks not to lie about oh, where I found I'm it. I'm sorry. We didn't establish the rules. It's fine. I'll give it to I'm you. I'm sorry. It's I, fine. I, I almost guessed it. I was it. trying to throw you off the scent because you were really I see, that was what I paused on, but you were like, see, that's a Reddit meme because you couldn't find it on Facebook. I thought that was an obvious lie. So I thought I was giving no. myself away. I I take you at your truth, Cameron. <laughs> I'm sorry. We won't lie anymore. We won't lie about it no, anymore. Okay. Um, 
Very proud of that one. Very proud of That's your reaction. That's really good. We, we sat down to record, and I realized I had not made a meme, and I just sat and thought for a second, and that just popped into my head. Well, see, that's what I was Which says a lot about out. me. <laughs> it took me a while to record, uh, to make it silly, because I was trying to find a good image of of uh, him. And then once I got the image on there, it's pretty easy to add the see, other stuff. See, I was but... like, this isn't really like a... It was a toy one, so that's why it threw me off. I, I'm proud of that it's one. It's really good. <laughs> now can... you got to post it to Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I should. Oh, mm. Mm. that's a burner account. I don't really care about my Reddit account very much. The, if it the, gets banned, the anon. <laughs> uh, that's good. Oh, also the trouble I had. Should we post that on social media? <laughs> think, think Twitter will get in trouble. Get us in trouble for that one. Oh, that's, oh man, I'm really mm. proud of it. Probably shouldn't. Man, well, if we put like a big so old just funny, black though. sensor bar over it, uh huh. Well, see, what I did was I was trying to figure out how to Photoshop out the original tank, and then when I, I just Google searched, I was able to find one without with the tanks already taken out. So someone else did the work for me. Um, mm. <laughs> Why does that format exist? <laughs> um, as always, thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music. Oh, and now we get to get, get to the longest part of the of the recording tonight <laughs> props to rachel for our artwork and twitter account at rebels robot pod props to cameron to our uh to our uh facebook uh running and, and thank you to athena for editing i hope you're doing your job over there and um Leave us a review. Uh, give us something to read on the pod. Send us memes. Tweet or DM us uh, memes or opinions. Oh, I forgot that Megan sent me a joke. Her brother told her a joke. I think I've heard this joke before. Hey, Rachel, what's the worst Transformer? A futon. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, leave us a review. Let us know if you leave a review because I might not see it. Um... <laughs> our fates oh were always intertwined but now our worlds are joined as one we need to repair our pods work together if we wish to survive a dangerous secret is buried deep inside this pod there is more to this cast than meets the eye this is cameron and rachel signing off calling all listeners it is time to come home it is time to be done with the Michael Bay movies. Good night, everybody. Good night. Let's talk next week. Hey, so um, with this being the last Bayverse film we have to watch, is this the last monologue? For now, yeah. <laughs> Until he releases another one. <laughs> <laughs> Until the six one comes out. Is there a monologue at the end of Bumblebee? Uh I ooh, mm. I don't know. Was there a bum was there a monologue at the end of Rise of the Beast? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, no, there was a G.I. Joe cameo. Yeah, but like the final scene with the Transformers. I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, time to go home, Athena. Or time for me to go home and so you can go to bed. Okay. <laughs>